0: Thank you, Brian. Hello, everyone. It's good to see so many faces. Lots of visitors, as Sean said. We're glad that you are here. We have been through a series in John. We are going through the whole thing as much as we can and on through the summer. This morning, we'll have a shorter lesson because we also want to take some time, as we do every year, to honor our graduate singular this year, We're really excited for Siv and her accomplishments. So, we're in John 10 this morning, which is a a passage of mine that I really enjoy. And if you can remember back about 10 years ago, I was here on my tryout weekend when um, you were considering hiring me, and this part, part of this passage is what I preached on. So, I get a second chance. That's good. You know, sometimes it's hard to grasp the power of the metaphors and parables that Jesus uses because we can't always relate to them as well. I've never had to watch sheep, um, though I know that there are some here who have had sheep. Um, I've never had to protect sheep. I don't know what it's like to herd sheep, although... If you've ever been in a room full of four- and five-year-olds, it's probably close to that, I would guess. So I don't know sheep, but I do have a dog, and I think there may be at least one similarity. You see, Jesus describes this special relationship that is formed between an animal and a human, and here it's a sheep and a shepherd. Most of all... He says, my sheep know my voice. And if you didn't know, dogs can do that too. Here's a picture of my dog. This is Asher. And if you can remember back to the days of live stream, many times we would sit at home and, you know, watch because of COVID and all of that. Well, anytime my father-in-law was scheduled to speak, and he would pop up on the screen, and you could hear his voice to the, through the TV. Asher would perk up. He'd actually start paying attention to church. <laughs> and he goes nuts any time Stan is over because he knows he's going to get anything he wants. <laughs> and so it was so funny. In fact, I, we couldn't find it, but there was a picture where Stan is up on the TV and Asher's literally like up against our TV entertainment and he's got his nose up at the screen. So funny. Jesus uses this unique relationship to teach his disciples, the Pharisees and all who are around, about what it looks like to follow him. What does it mean to be sheep of the good shepherd? And so I want to break this down by kind of looking at the different groups of people here. And what's great about this, um, this story, or metaphor, or parable, whatever you want to call it, is that Jesus is inductive here. He starts this parable simply by describing a situation. You've got sheep, you've got a pen with a gate, you've got some thieves, wolves, hired hands, and a shepherd. And he makes some clear points here. First of all, those who jump over the fence to get at the, at the sheep, they're strangers and thieves. The one who enters through the gate is the shepherd. He says, the sheep can tell the difference between the two. They recognize the voice of the caring shepherd rather than the voice of the stranger. And the sheep follow where the shepherd leads. And so the text says that the Pharisees are listening in, and this, this story is really mostly for them. But they didn't understand. So Jesus makes it clear. And here, this is where we get to two of the seven I am statements in John. I mean, I would argue that there's more, but that's another sermon. Jesus says, first off, I am the gate. I am the gate for the sheep. He places himself in the narrative to make a claim about who he is. Through Jesus is the way to life anyone who tries to circumvent the gate to go around Jesus, they're thieves, they're robbers, they're strangers. They're trying to harm the sheep, they're trying to lead them astray, whatever it may be. He's making a claim to his exclusivity. He alone is the passageway, in and out of the pen, into in safety, out to green pastures. He's the one who gives access. Then Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is not only the access point, but he's also the good shepherd leading the sheep into the pen and out to pasture. He's the one that has a relationship with the sheep. He knows them. It says he even calls them by name. And they know him. They hear his voice. They recognize his voice. And they follow him. He cares for them like any good shepherd. He's willing to lay down his life for the sheep. And that's in contrast to another group we'll look at in a second. So we have a shepherd who cares, who knows our name. He cares so much that he's willing to lay down his life for us. He's the one that leads us into this pen where we find safety and rest and out to the pasture where we can find, as he claims, everlasting life. So then we get to this next group, the th- and I'm just going to lump them all together. We've got the thief, the wolf, and the hired hand, which sounds like a really good book title, I think. So we have this collection of people that kind of fall into another category. They're people who are not owners of the sheep. They're not shepherds, at least not the shepherd. Some in this group are thieves, and they wish to harm the sheep. They want to steal for their own game. Even worse, Jesus says that some want to kill and destroy these sheep. You've got another character, if you will. You've got the wolves. Jesus doesn't spend a lot of time here like he does in other places. But he does warn to watch out for the wolves in sheep's clothing in other places. And this is just clearly, he kind of quickly references, there's this group that is that wants to harm the sheep, wants to destroy them. And the last group here is these hired hands. These are like the part-time shepherds, right? They're there to fill in, um, but the main difference here is that these people have no skin in the game. They don't really care about the sheep, they're there for the cash. They're there... To make some money, they're going to watch the other person's sheep and be there. But the thing is, when trouble comes, they tuck tail and run. They have no desire to put their life on the line for these sheep, for someone else's sheep. And so there are a lot of places that we can go with this one. But I think, it makes me think of how many voices there are out there in the world And this is not a new thing, but especially today with the access we have to information, there are so many voices in the world saying, follow me. I know the way to green pastures. There are so many voices that claim to have the answers to every problem. Have you ever noticed that news networks never sit back and say, we really don't know about this one? They always have the answer. Everyone always seems to have an answer. There are so many voices that seek to captivate us, that call for our allegiance. Hear my voice, follow me. But these are not the voice of the Good Shepherd. And so that brings us to the sheep which we can, I think, safely assume Jesus is referring to Israel, but I think by extension, all those who choose Jesus as their shepherd. And Jesus says, sheep hear many voice voices, and there's many who would seek to leave, but they only follow and they only recognize the voice of the good shepherd. Jesus mentions voice four times in this Chapter, which I think is pretty significant. And each time he says that, it's linked to either the sheep's identity with the Good Shepherd or their call to action, to actually follow his voice. They're not just hearers, there's some kind of relationship between Jesus' voice and the sheep. And so the question really is, do we recognize Jesus' voice? And I think we would all say, Of course we do. Who wouldn't? You know, we all want to make that claim that we recognize the voice of the good shepherd. It's hard to admit that perhaps sometimes we are listening listening to and following a voice that doesn't belong to Jesus. And very often we allow something or someone that sounds a bit like Jesus to replace the voice of the Good Shepherd. And as his sheep, we really need to know the difference. Your preferred news station is not the voice of the Good Shepherd. Your favorite TV personality or podcast host is not the voice of the Good Shepherd. The people you follow on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok are not the voice of the Good Shepherd. And we may like some of the things that they say because they tickle our ears and make us feel validated and comfortable, but they are not the voice of the Good Shepherd. Even when they sound like or are saying the same thing, All they are doing, even just for a moment, is mimicking the voice of the good shepherd. So the problem occurs, I think, when we start to listen to other voices enough that the voice of Jesus, the shepherd, is the one that starts to sound strange. When we hear Jesus say, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, we say, that doesn't apply to me. That's not, he's not talking to me. When Jesus says, deny yourself and carry your cross, we think, God doesn't want me to suffer through this. God wants me to be happy and comfortable. When Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, we say, if you're not for us, you're against us. And I think we just need to be so careful of the voices we listen to because they influence us. And over time, bit by bit, those voices sound pretty good and the voice of the good shepherd starts to sound a little strange. <clears throat> saw a shirt recently that um, when I was out on vacation. It said, Lions, not sheep. And it made, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure the message that the shirt intended by, I think I can make a pretty good guess. Um, and it's an interesting message, I think, because it's one that's on the rise in America. Um, and it made me think, you know, there are negative connotations about being a sheep, right? We don't want to be blindly following people. And yet, this is the analogy that Jesus gave to us. The question is, whose sheep are we? I think. And I don't really want to be a lion, to be honest, because the one I serve is the lion and the lamb. And I think that's pretty powerful that Jesus identifies as both of those things, that he is the victorious, courageous lion, and he is the sacrificial lamb, and that's who I serve. That's who I want to serve. There's only one good shepherd all the other voices out there are hired hands, thieves, and when the wolves come, they will not have your back. They will abandon you. And I think this text serves as a good reminder that we always have to be careful and concerned about the voices we're listening to. Because <clears throat> there's only one voice that's truly going to lead us to the green pastures of eternal life. So I want to you, leave you with three questions The first is, this morning, have you heard his voice? Maybe this is new to you. Maybe you aren't a Christian. Um, Maybe you've never really been satisfied with the voices in your life that you've heard. Jesus offers true guidance, real security, and absolute hope. And so I encourage you to listen to the voice of Jesus to allow him to guide you and know that he has called you by name. The second is, can you recognize his voice? Maybe you've been listening, but it's starting to get cloudy and chaotic with all the voices around us today, and the confusion starts to, to, to take over. Take some time and discernment as you seek to hear the voice of Jesus again, more and more clearly. The third, are you following his voice? Sheep don't just listen. They hear And they act, they follow. It's not enough just to hear and do nothing. Jesus calls us to follow him, to go, to do something, to build his kingdom. So take some time to consider where Jesus may be calling you into deeper relationship and greener pastures. So I encourage us with these questions to consider them this week especially. And if you need to respond in any way, Um, We're here for you as a community. Um, Whether you just need prayer or you want to learn more, more, more about what a relationship with Jesus would look like, come find us today and we'd love to be there for you. And let's continue in our worship as we stand and sing.